and little by little um, building back the very same things that you did at the beginning of the relationship. So if you want what you had at the beginning, recreate the behaviors you did at the beginning. Is falling out of love normal in a marriage? If so, when does it happen? How long does it last? How do you get out of it? Dr. Karen Sherman has the answers. Stay tuned. Summer's over and school's back in session, but we have something to celebrate. The Hitched Wine Club is giving away a free bottle of Nottingham wine to each new member. And yeah, Nottingham is a really nice bottle of wine. This, of course, is just the first of many amazing bottles that you'll get every month, and always at a great price and 100% guaranteed. You'll also get information on the winery, recipes, and exclusive date night ideas with each shipment. We have a membership level for every couple, from puppy love to soulmates. Reconnect over a bottle of wine tonight that was picked out just for you from the only wine club designed for couples. Visit hitchmag.com and click the wine club link. Cheers! We're on top of the world tonight. Hey everybody, welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, Editor-in-Chief of HitchedMag.com, and I'm joined once again with the original Dr. Karen Sherman. Hi, Karen. Hey, Steve. How you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, for those tuning in for the first time, Karen is a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues uh, for over 25 years. Uh, she is an author. Uh, she is also a radio host. Um, got a lot of stuff going on. Uh, but we have a really interesting topic, uh, Karen. This is, this is actually something that you brought up in a conversation we were having. Um, and I, I really want to find out about this myself. Uh, you say that it is actually normal, uh, or at least it's not abnormal for married couples to fall out of love. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, is it, is it a normal thing for a married person to fall out of love with their spouse? Yes. And people don't know that, you know, what we hope for when we walk down the aisle is to live happily ever after, to have a long-term relationship. Well, realistically, your feelings are going to change. You know, on any given day, week, month, within yourself, you you're, have different moods, different feelings, different attitudes. So think about that logically. Why wouldn't your feelings towards your mate change? Um, you know, you're going to find them annoying certain times. You're going to find them unappealing. You're just not going to always feel positive towards them. And because you might have these negative thoughts um, or just not really be into them all the time, those love feelings go away. The problem is that nobody tells you that. So when it happens, it really throws people for a loop. Now, now, what we're talking about, though, this isn't you had a fight and you're you're upset with your your spouse, and you know at that moment you're you can't stand to see them. That's you're, you're talking about something a little deeper than this, though, right? Yeah. What I'm talking about is that you just don't really feel 
you like to have the same feelings towards the person. Um, my favorite story is that I was working with a gal um, as a person, as an individual, because I do individual work as well. And she and I, you know, finished our work together. And then she got married. And shortly after she was married, I'd say maybe about a year, year and a half into the marriage, she calls me up in a panic. And she says, Karen, I, I need to come in and talk to you about something. Okay. So she comes in and she says, I'm really worried. I, I have been experiencing this for like the last month. I said, what's that? She says, I, I don't feel like I love my partner anymore. Now, understand she and I had a very good relationship. I wouldn't do this under normal circumstances. And I started to laugh. Mm -hmm. And I said, oh, that. And she says, what do you mean, oh, that? I said, oh, that's normal. Don't worry about it. it the first time it happened to me, it was really scary. And then, you know, now when it happens, I just sort of ride with it. And then it, you know, comes back. And then it goes away again. And then it comes back. You know, and, and there are cycles. And she said, really? And I said, yeah. And she said, well, nobody tells you that. So that's what I mean. She said she wasn't feeling it for about a month. And it basically is you look at this other person and you say, why did I ever decide to marry this person? What did I see in them? You know, I, I just don't really feel it anymore. And as I said, when it happens the first time, it's really scary. Now, as a therapist, here's what scares me. People often act on it. Mm. Okay. Yeah. They, they think like, well, I'm not loving this person anymore, you know, and we tend to rewrite history. Mm -hmm. So what happens is we start to look back and we say, hmm, this wasn't, you know, when it, it, there's an expression that we use that that's your depression talking. Now, I'm not talking about married couples and not being in love, yeah. but as a therapist. And somebody comes in and they've been very depressed. You're going to hear things like, nothing is good enough. I'm not good enough. You know, this is really lousy. This really feels terrible. You know, nobody likes me. And what we would say to somebody like that is, well, that's your depression talking. In other words, it's the lens that you have on. That's the filter you have on. So, so it's actually – it's the opposite of the rose-tinted glasses. That Perfect, Steve. Yeah. Absolutely perfect. Okay. So now let's use that same idea for when you don't feel the love. So now all of a sudden you've got that absence of the rose-tinted or the love goggles on sure. using your wonderful example. So now all of a sudden you start to look back and you say, huh you know, I didn't really feel so happy then. And maybe there really wasn't such a good feeling at this time or whatever. We actually can rewrite history in our minds. And all of a sudden, that now starts to also be the way you start looking at everything going forward, and now you decide to act on it. Got it. Okay. Okay. And, and, and you were you were saying um... – that you had been through this before, like how, I, I guess my, I have some questions about that, which is, uh, how, um, how long into the marriage or relationship was it when you started feeling that, um, how long did these, um, feelings last? Mm. And then we can get into some other questions after that, but I guess those are the first two immediate ones that I have. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. 
you know, it's a little hard for me to remember. My husband and I just celebrated 38 years together. Congratulations. Uh, and my husband makes a joke, although it's not a joke. He says 25 were good. But that's really a true statement because not all of the 38 years were good ones. There were lots of challenges in our marriage. Um, there were problem areas. Um, and not all of them were good. But we made choices to stay together and to work on them. Um, and I'm telling the listeners that for a reason, because you have choices, you know, um, and you can decide, well, you know, it's bad and let's make a change. We don't have to live like this. We're entitled to be happy. Or we can say we can look at our problems and try to figure out where the problems are and, you know, work through them, which is what we chose to do. Um, but anyway, so I don't really remember exactly when was the first time I felt it. I can tell you where we tend to find in a relationship the typical rough spots are. Okay. Um, one of them is the first year of marriage. <laughs> so so you think it's going to be a certain way and all of a sudden the, the reality of, uh, well, here it is. This is, this is it. And you start second guessing yourself. Yes. Especially if you've been living together. Mm-hmm. Because you think to yourself, well, we've lived together, so we know everything about each other. You know, it should be easy peasy the first year. There is something about that license of making it legal that changes the internal workings, the attitude, the expectations. And so that first year, very often, oh, excuse me, that first year, very often, is rough. And so that might be one of the times where you fall out of love. Mm-hmm. The next time that's very difficult is when there's a baby. It, and, and, and when you say because of the baby, is that because the attention has now shifted from your partner to the child? Yes. And just the mere stress of having a baby. Mm-hmm. You're tired. Um, you know, there is not enough energy to go around. There might be stress with the marriage. Now, these, by the way, also are very vulnerable times for the likelihood of having an affair. Mm, okay. Okay. They sort of go together. Um, you know, they talk about, um, the seven year itch research is now showing that the seven year itch is not really seven years. It might be five years. It might be three years. Mm -hmm. Um, but, you know, these are the time periods where people now are likely to start to feel like, uh, you know, do I really love my partner? But there's a, you know, number one, if you just hang in there, it changes. Of course, you know, we can later on discuss about some of the things you can do to sort of make sure this doesn't happen. But again, merely hanging in, it will change. Now, I, I have a question about, uh, you know, looking at your partner and thinking like, you know, maybe I don't love them anymore. Is part of this uh, a dissatisfaction with yourself? Um, and so then you start looking around you like, why am I not happy? Uh, and could it could it just be that you yourself aren't happy? And it's absolutely, absolutely, especially if you're the kind of person that bought into the myth that we've been feeding everybody. Um, that love is going to complete you, Mm -hmm. that 
you know, you are now a whole person through your relationship. And so when the reality sets in that this other person is not going to make you happy, um, if you have not found that satisfaction within yourself and you realize that this other person isn't going to do it for you, sure, that could be part of the problem. Okay. I, I mean, I, you, were, you were talking about the, uh, the living together in the first year. Um, like for me, my wife and I, we lived together. Uh, I mean, we were together for almost a decade before we got married. And, mm-hmm. um, when we, when we finally did get married, I will say that it honestly had zero, <laughs> like, I feel I had zero effect on us. Uh, but what we both noticed was it wasn't uh, like we didn't have anything change internally, but the but from the outside we saw other people starting to treat us a little bit differently. Wow! And, and that was our experience. Right. Um, right. It was like all of a sudden, you know, they didn't our our relationship didn't have um, the authority uh, because we weren't married, and then as soon as we got married, it's like okay, now you guys are serious. Right. Where right. we had been serious for a long time, but um, I just thought I'd share that. And how did that impact the two of you? Um, us, it didn't really affect us at all. I don't think. Uh, maybe, um, I for us, I didn't really. For me, it was. It hasn't changed anything for us. I don't think. Um, I feel like we had a, a commitment, like a, a really strong cr- commitment ahead of time, so it didn't really do anything for us. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, I would, I guess I would have to ask some other people, you know, did they, how, how it may have changed their per, perception, like, oh, I guess they're going to stick, stick together on this one. This wasn't just a, a thing. Right. I don't right. know. I, I, I want you to understand, Steve, that when I was saying people live together and then the first year it's difficult, I'm not saying that that is an absolute. I was merely saying that for many couples. Oh, Sure. That, you know, they shouldn't assume that just because they've lived together that it's going to be easy peasy the first year. Oh, yeah, of course. I, you know, you were you were sharing some of your stories. I thought I would, <laughs> you know, share my perspective on things. And I know there's a hundred different stories. And I mean, that's one of the things that makes uh, marriage and relationships so fun to to research and, and be interested in is because there's a, a unique fingerprint on each one of them. Yes. Uh, each person comes from different cultural backgrounds, different upbringings, uh, different um, perceptions on what it's going to be, uh, different realities. I mean, there's so many unique traits to each individual relationship. Right. Um, and, you know, we've talked about it in the past about how you can't judge a relationship from the outside either, because what you think it looks like may not be what it, what it really is. Um, so I, I just wanted to put it out there that, you know, when we're talking about this stuff, it's not that, you know, because you're going to be together for 40, 50, 60 years that this will happen to you or it won't happen to you. But what I think the important thing is, is if this does happen to you, it's not abnormal. There's nothing wrong. And there is solutions out there. And if you have that stick to itiveness uh, you will, you will be okay. You'll get through it. So, and I guess that's what I was trying to express with that. Yeah. Yes. Good point. Um, now when, when it does happen though, um, and, and it can happen, um, is, 
I guess when should you start worrying about it? I mean, if, if you, if you know, the person called you after about a month and they said, I'm, I'm freaking out. Um, I don't know what I did. I, I married this person. I don't think I love them anymore. Um, that, you know, they, they made that move at a month. Um, is that about the right time to come to check in and see like, uh Oh, or are you think, do you think it's just like, you know, if this is how you feel after six months, then maybe you got something there. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. I think that, you know, I, I wouldn't certainly get alarmed with a month. Um, you see for me, mm-hmm. uh, what I would do is knowing I very much believe, you know, Steve in action reaction. That's my trademark yeah. little thing. And so, um, there's, there's another theory in psychology, uh, called, um, uh, the theory of reciprocal relations. Basically, we like people who like us. Now, if I choose to act in a nice way to you, it's very likely that you're going to act nicely back. Yeah. So if I'm not feeling great towards you, but I at least act nicely towards you, and then you start acting nice towards me, because we know that life gets in the way and we start to put our relationship on a back burner. Mm -hmm. But if I, let's say, say, wow, Steve, you look really handsome today. I really like that shirt that you picked. And now you start to compliment me. And, you know, I appreciate something you did and now you appreciate me. And now we're starting to do the kinds of things that we did at the beginning of the relationship Oh, all of a sudden those nice feelings may start coming back again. Yeah. So that could be a way that you become mindful of the fact that number one, you're not feeling it. You're choosing behavior to make a change and you start to actually see that the feelings come back. Okay. Now, if it's been going on for a little while, then, um, you know, you might want to go and talk to somebody about it. But what I want people to understand is that they have the power to change things around. And it's really very simple. It's just basically what I just said. Mm-hmm. You know, do something different. You know, make some positive efforts. Have the person respond back positively to you. And all of a sudden, that's what gets things moving in the opposite direction. Okay. So so it's, you can definitely recover from it um, oh. by, by making those proactive, positive uh, Absolutely. gestures. Absolutely. Um, and, and, you know, when couples have come into me and said to me, I really feel like I want to leave this marriage because I feel so disconnected. The feelings aren't there. Mm-hmm. I love my partner, you know, like, you know, I basically love who they are or, you know, whatever, but I'm not in love. Yes. Um, basically, I see that as a massive disconnect due to life due to children, due to the stress of jobs and things like that. And as long as I still hear, well, I love who this person is, I just don't feel it. Then I work on helping them reconnect to the feelings that are still there that they just don't have access to. And basically, it's a large mega dose of what I just told everybody to do. So I will start with things like, um, take out old pictures and start to reminisce and talk about the things that you used to do because old pictures help bring back old memories. Mm-hmm. Start to go on dates with each other, making time for each other. Uh, you know, plug it into your 
techno gadgets and make sure that you're spending time. And when you spend time, you're not doing uh, talking about the children and business and bills and things like that, where you're really doing things with each other so that you're starting to do the things that are going to reconnect you. Um, and little by little, um, building back the very same things that you did at the beginning of the relationship. So if you want what you had at the beginning, recreate the behaviors you did at the beginning. Mm, okay. And I mean, so basically, I mean, to me, it sounds like when somebody comes to you and says, uh, I love this person, but I'm not in love with them. Mm -hmm. To me, it sounds like there's, there's really a lack of intimacy there. Yes. Um, because when, when you say a statement like that, I love this person, but I'm not in love with them. That's, that's how a lot of people feel about family members or mm -hmm. things along those lines. And I think a, one of the main differences is there's not that intimacy. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, we've, we've mentioned this on the podcast in the past about sometimes, um, to regain that intimacy. And I was in, uh, Dr. Haltzman's, uh, talk the other day. Um, and he just said, he, he brought up the fact that like, sometimes you just have to have sex to help mm -hmm. reconnect. And like, it doesn't matter if you're in the mood or not, um, mm -hmm. just going through the motions. We know there's chemical reactions that take place. Uh, and you know. You, you do it and and that will at least help get the ball rolling um yes. is is that another thing that they could do absolutely absolutely and very often um we know from research that um when you actually do behavior feelings follow mm -hmm. so whether you know whether the behavior is the sex or whether the behavior is the dating or you know because some people say well I don't want to do anything that drastic you know um, even guys have said to me I'm just not feeling it I mean I know that that sounds shocking but I'm just not feeling it so I, I can't do that I just can't do that so they they may have to do behaviors that are not quite as drastic Okay, can you hold her hand? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can hold her hand. Okay, then hold her hand. Um, but little by little, if you do those behaviors, the feelings do come back. Okay, so you can yeah, I mean, you can start small. You can start with the That's cuddles right. on the couch That's and right. stuff like That's that, and then move right. toward it. Okay. Now, everything we've been talking about has been about recovering from feeling this feeling of falling out of love. I'm assuming to prevent this from taking place uh, and, uh, you know, from ever taking place, uh, you would do the actions that we have been describing um, rather than letting life get in the way. And it really just comes down to prioritizing doing all these things on an ongoing right. regular basis so that the, the, the mundane doesn't kick in. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, is that realistic? Mm, you know, I don't know. I don't know. But it's, you know, I, it's nice to know that, number one, that's what you have to do. And number two, that if life has gotten in the way, as long as you don't let it go too far off track, you can get it back easily. You know, we've spoken before, Steve, much easier to lose five pounds when you've broken your diet than to lose 20 pounds. Mm -hmm. I, I, you know, I think a, a part of this, too, when we talk about pre preventive maintenance here is uh, – you know, we, we talk about it all the time about communication and, um, regular check-ins and all that kind of stuff. And 
you're right. Life does get in the way. And we know there are times in our lives when we're going to be busier than in other stretches. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you, when you do those check-ins, when you have good open communication, you can set yourself up. So the expectation isn't, oh my God, I'm falling out of love with this person. It's, oh yeah, they started a new job or, oh yeah, it's the holiday season. So of course I'm not going to see them all the time because they're out shopping and baking cookies for the holiday party at their office and all this other stuff. So I think if you can establish that, like, you know what, for the next three months, for the next six months, for the next two years, it's going to be tough. And as long as we both know that and acknowledge it and understand this is a blip on our marriage radar over the span of 40, 60 years, um, this isn't the normal. This is what we have to do for this moment. Steve, I love that. And if more couples would do that, I think it would be fabulous. You know, if you know that you're going into a rough period, if you could even have a five minute discussion and say, look, you know, this is going to be a rough period. I want you to know that, you know, it's just a rough period. It's not you. Let's talk about a couple of things we can do. So we know that we're caring about each other and have a couple of things that they'll use as a way of supporting each other through texts or through a phone call or whatever, and then make sure that they do that, that would solve so many issues. That would be great. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, I mean, to be realistic, we talk about it all the time of uh, regular date nights and all this stuff, and that would be the ideal, and, and we know it works. Uh, but sometimes it, sometimes the schedule doesn't l- allow that to happen. Um, but you're right. If we could say like, you know what, we're not going to be able to squeeze in a date night this, this week or this month or the next two months, but you know what, let's, let's get up Sunday morning and, and go have breakfast or a coffee or, uh, you know, let, you know, yeah, send me the text message at lunchtime. Let me know how you're doing. Um, right. I think you're right. That would be a huge boon to the relationship. I'm thinking about a couple I know who have very, very busy work schedules. And it's not important what the details are, but he's got to take a lot of um, extra shifts at what he does. And because of the way certain things are working out, it really ended up putting a crimp in the time, the little time that they had. And a lot of what is going to allow them to get through the next year is she said that she realized it wasn't that he didn't care about them. It was because he cared about them that he was taking on this extra shift. Mm -hmm. And so she said in, in having that shift in her mind, it allowed her to then go to him and say, okay, you know, this is what it is. It's only a year let's talk about how we can work around it. Mm -hmm. And she said, I know that those two things, my attitude shift and our ability to discuss how to work around it is what's going to get us through this next year. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and she's right. She's absolutely right. Um, Go ahead. And, and and when you have, uh, when it's not both of you uh, and for your example, where it's the husband who has this like, added overtime for the next year where he's not going to have very much free time at all. She could take it as an opportunity to help grow herself. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that when they do come back and reconnect, they have fresh new stuff 
to, to mm-hmm. talk about and to discuss and, you know, not that she wouldn't keep him in the loop as she was doing this because she, she doesn't want to grow apart from him, but it might be something new that they can then go forward with um, because she now has this extra time when rather than trying to do all this stuff to to make him happy, they have this agreement like, hey, you know, I'm not I'm not going to be around. So don't worry about making me lunch. Uh, I'm not going to be there for it. So why don't you go ahead and, you know, get this new hobby or whatever it is that you wanted to work on? Right. So it really boils down to, again, the way that you approach it, your expectations and how you decide. Again, you can't control the situation. You can't control the other person. You can only control how you respond to the situation. You know, I know of other couples where, um, again, one person had a huge amount of stress and the other person just, you know, couldn't deal with it at all. And it ended up becoming a major, major problem in their relationship. So, um, again, it's, it's how you choose to deal with the situation. Okay. So falling out of love is, uh, there's nothing wrong with you. It's, it's a common thing that happens. You can recover from it. You Mm -hmm. can prevent it. Um, and if you are, uh, if you love somebody, but you're not in love with them, stick with it. If you do proactive things, the feelings will come back. The intimacy will come back and just start small. And as you, as your trademark is action reaction, you put forth the positive actions and you will start to see, uh, your partner and your spouse reciprocate. Beautiful summer. Okay. So that one's in the books. <laughs> um, if, if, uh, if you guys have any specific questions, um, please feel free to shoot us an email uh, or leave a comment on our web, uh, on our different you know, social networks and stuff. But we have an email for the podcast specifically. It's podcast at hitchmag.com. Um, and before you go, I want to remind you that you have been listening to Dr. Karen Sherman. Uh, you can get more information at her website, drkarensherman.com. She is a practicing psychologist and in relationship and lifestyle issues for over 25 years. She is the author of Mindfulness and the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life. Karen is also the co-author of Marriage Magic, Find It, Keep It, and Make It Last. Uh, she is um, a, a host of her own radio show on the Sex Talk radio network called Your Empowered Relationship. And new episodes air every Wednesday. And lastly... Um, Karen is, uh, for, for all you couples out there who have your single friends, um, she is uh, participating in a conference for singles, and it is taking place in the first weekend of October, and you can get more information at the website shiftinggears.info, and that's shifting gears um, with just one G in the middle. Um, and that's for all your single friends out there. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Hitch Media. You can follow Karen on Twitter uh, at Dr. Karen Sherman. Um, we are on Facebook. We are on Tumblr. We are on Pinterest. Uh, thank you for all your, your comments on the articles and uh, liking everywhere. Um, and really appreciate all your feedback. So one last time, thank you so much, Karen. Thank you, Steve. Be well. Okay, you too. All right. Take care, everybody. We're on top of the